Hello and welcome to this special Multipure podcast. My name is Kenton Jones, Vice President of Marketing with Multipure. Joining me on today's podcast, Michelle Priest, our Director of Marketing. Hello, Michelle. Hello, everybody. And Joel Polina, our copywriter. Hello, Joel. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you. So today we have decided to produce a special podcast in response to an article and a, I guess, another podcast or or radio article that came out in mid-September on NPR. And it was a it was a joint investigation between NPR and PBS Frontline regarding plastic. And it's part of a a larger investigative series that Frontline has been doing, I think dating back to March. I don't know if you guys have, have seen any of any of the prior reporting on plastics, but uh, but this specific story really caught my attention and, and I think is germane to you know our marketing discussions here at Multipure and, and yours who are listening to this podcast. If you're a Multipure independent builder or if you're a Multipure customer, I think the story is is really critical to your decision to be using Multipure and to be promoting Multipure. So anyway, the thrust of this of the story was that the whole notion of recycling plastic was an invention of the oil and gas industry dating all the way back to the to the early 80s, I think, in response to, I guess, public outcry about the concerns of plastic waste all, you know, three, four decades ago. So as the story goes, you know, the oil industry is, is really kind of hitting its stride manufacturing plastic. And for those of you who don't know, most of the plastics that we use are derived from petroleum, from crude oil. And so the oil and gas industry, you know, companies like Exxon and Mobil, one of their biggest products, in addition to gasoline for your car, is actually chemicals in the forms of a wide variety of different plastics. Uh, and we'll talk about that a little bit in today's podcast. But anyway, looking back in the 80s, you know, public, public perception of plastics, I think, was really beginning to kind of take a nosedive. After the initial introduction of plastics in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, where it was the most wonderful thing in the world, suddenly people started looking at landfills thinking, wait a minute, where is all this plastic going? And the oil industry, I think, saw a crisis looming. And so what they did is, in the words of one executive, is they wanted to advertise their way out of it. So I know Joel and Michelle, you guys have both uh, listened to this podcast. What do you think about, you know, just even this notion of kind of inventing recycling as a way to appease the public? It sounds, it's, <laughs> it's a very calculated move and it, it's kind of one of those things where it gives you, the people the illusion of feeling better about themselves and feeling better about the environment without actually doing anything. And I think that was the main point I just want to get out this statistic that I that really stood out to me reading this article is that oil and gas industry spends about 50 million a year advertising uh, recycling, promoting uh, recycling and, and recycling plastics and doing your part to help the environment. And uh, that may seem like a lot, but then they, uh, later on, the article states that the uh, oil and gas industry makes roughly 400 billion a year in producing plastic. Yeah. That was that was a, a huge number. It was startling, wasn't it, Joel? Oh, it's it's insane. And fifty million is nothing compared to how much they're actually making. And how and what is the bottom line? Is it is is that they were saying that it just it wasn't economically viable to recycle when it's so cheap for them just to make plastics and you know uh, forget about the environment. It's just really about uh, appeasing people so that they continue to buy and use plastics with a clear conscience, even though it's not really doing anything. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, um, I guess because we're in the industry, we're maybe a little more aware of plastics and how plastics are bad for the environment. 
But it's, so I, what I did was I read this article and I asked a few people that I know, one of them being my college graduate son and some other people that, you know, I think are, are relatively intelligent. But it's funny because they all are in the same assumption, I think, that the general public are, that, that by recycling their trash, by putting stuff in their recycle can, that all this stuff is being recycled and beautiful, wonderful things are happening from that recycling where the, the article and the podcast point out how majority of the stuff are not being recycled, that they're actually never planned to be recycled, that it's something that the, you know, the, um, the plastic industry knew, that these people knew since the 70s that this wasn't going to be something that was going to happen. But they had this very effective campaign about recycling that helped, like Joel said, people feel good about doing their part and, you know, they may be using all these plastics, but, oh, it's okay because it's going to be recycled. So I was just, you know, surprised at you know, how much of it's going to waste. Yeah, I think this sums it up. This is a, uh, a quote from former president of the Society of Plastics Industry, a guy named Larry Thomas. He said, if the public thinks that recycling is working, then they're not going to be concerned about the environment. Basically meaning that, uh, like Joel said, their conscience is clear they, if they buy that plastic bottle of water. Uh, and so it's, uh, it, it is kind of... Uh, kind of sinister and calculating, as you said as well, Joel, that the industry saw this problem and, and, and proposed a solution, but proposed a solution that they know didn't really work. Like you said, Michelle, they knew even back in the 70s that the whole concept of recycling plastic was kind of a dead end because the cost and the energy going into, you know, turning old plastic into new plastic was way less than just making new plastic out of petroleum. From the beginning and so it was it, it was kind of a plan that was set up to fail but the public didn't realize it didn't know it and you know this 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 whole story touches each and every one of us because every one of us probably has a recycle bin provided by your trash company and those recycle bins are there because the plastics industry pushed to get more recycling or at least the the uh, you know, the facade of, of recycling into everybody's home. So again, you would feel better about using their products and you, and you would buy more and more of them. I, th yeah. I thought there was a really, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Joel. I thought there was a really good point uh, in the article where companies that rely on plastic products for their packaging kind of took their cue from the plastic industry because uh, they, they interviewed uh, a few people that involved in the recycling industry and, and one of them mentioned how companies just put the recycling symbol on every product made of plastic, even if they can't be recycled. And that's a problem for, for recyclers uh, uh, companies because they can't use a lot of the stuff, but now it's stuffing plastic or it's stuffing recycling bins and it ends up, they can't do anything about it. It makes it harder for them to actually recycle products that can be recycled. And it's more, it's, it's like other companies that use plastic containers now are just kind of, they're trying to make people feel better about using their products as well by throwing a recycling symbol on there, even though it, it, that's also meaningless. Yeah, what Joel is referencing there is that little uh, triangle of arrows that we're all familiar with seeing on a lot of our packaging now, especially plastic packaging. It's a, it's a triangle of arrows and it has a number in the middle. And we all mistake that for a recycling code, but that is not a recycling symbol. That is a sorting code used by processors to actually... Uh, identify what kind of plastic is it a high density polyethylene or low density polyethylene or polypropylene or polystyrene or you know all of these different kinds of plastics but it is not actually a recycling symbol and so just like probably 99% of the population out there we see that symbol and we think oh 
this thing is recyclable. And that is not actually what it is. It was, but it was put there, I think. And, and the, the podcast also mentions this, that, that it was put there, I think, to confuse and mislead consumers and manipulate them into thinking, well, this is safe. And, and, you know, my kids are the same. You know, I'm constantly taking stuff out of our recycling bin, you know, that, that I know is not recyclable, like, um, like plastic film, you know, like saran wrap or, or things that, that have kind of a filmy, flexible consistency to them. And, and our recycling company here, Joel says, you can't, don't put those in the bin because it gums up the works. It gums up the machines. Don't put that stuff in the bin. So I'm constantly fishing that out of there. And I, I'm telling my kids, hey, you can't put this in the recycle bin. They said, well, it has the recycle symbol. I said, no, that's not a recycle symbol. That's actually a, a sorting code. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's pretty devious. It is. And actually, when you say devious, I mean, that, it's actually a good word because honestly, I think a lot of that stuff has been put on there for marketing, for a way to make people feel better, for companies to make more money. And, you know, even in the article, it was saying how these companies know that the real money comes from making more plastic right. things than reusing it. And one of the things I read that I didn't, I didn't know was the fact that you can only reuse plastic once. I just thought it was just constantly being recycled and reused and yeah. made doing better yeah. things. You can only do it one. You got one and that's it. So I can see why it's not cost effective because, you know, after you sort it all to all the different kinds of plastics, our article post, you know, pointed out, and then you can only use it once. It's true. It doesn't make sense to recycle it that way. Although I, I think we should let uh, listeners know that uh, this article only really touched on uh, on plastic recycling. So there there weren't any uh, statistics about paper or glass recycling. I'm going to assume those are far more recyclable than plastics because uh, when you think about paper products, I mean, it doesn't take much to, to break down paper and I guess remold it. I mean, you see recycled uh, pla- paper napkins everywhere and glass is essentially just sand if you break it down enough. Right. Heat it up. Uh, funny you say that, Joel. So after this article, it kind of sent me on this down this rabbit hole of uh, <laughs> recycling research. And it led me to a guy, he's an environmental, what is he? He is a professor of environmental economics at Bucknell University. This guy called, uh, his name is Thomas Kinneman. Anyway, so he there's a, a, another article that I read and and this guy basically says that recycling plastic, just, just don't even bother. Just <laughs> don't even bother. Just throw it in the trash for a number of reasons. Even if it is getting recycled, chances are it's getting recycled halfway across the earth in countries, countries like India, Malaysia, and Indonesia uh, that have fairly low environmental standards. And so they can process this stuff and release a whole bunch of who knows what into the atmosphere when they're, when they're recycling this plastic. But think of how does that and they used a, a, a jar of peanut butter, but we could use a you know a plastic water bottle as well. But you put that jar of peanut butter, you clean it out, you triple wash it, right? With hot soapy water that used how much energy, who knows? And then you put it on your, in your curbside recycling bin and a big diesel burning truck comes and picks it up, <laughs> takes it to a sorting center, and then it's put on another truck to take to a recycling center. Then it's taken on another truck to a boat. And then that boat goes halfway around the ocean. And just the way he was putting this, the, the energy consumed in recycling plastics is so counterproductive to just throwing it in the trash and making new plastic out of, uh, you know, out, out of oil that's, uh, that's brought out of the ground. So uh, it, was, it was kind of a grim outlook on things. Uh, and you could tell he was, he was a little bit defeated admitting, admitting it, but it's uh, pretty tough. But in the end, and I think this comes back around to us, and what we do here is the moral of the story is 
just don't use that much plastic. Try and reduce the amount of plastic that you're using, right? Which is kind of one of these core tenets of, of what we try and tell multi-peer independent builders and multi-peer customers, hey, if you're using a multi-peer, you are reducing the amount of plastic that is being derived from the earth and then returned to the earth, right? Right. And, and I know, uh, you know, uh, a lot of, there's always a lot of talk. And I know we've, we've used the term before about carbon footprint and how much, basically how, how much your uh, potential damage you're causing to the environment through what you do. But it almost feels like there should be a separate thing, almost like a plastic footprint, kind of like a, how much plastics you're, you're using up, considering that, that this article kind of points out that recycling just doesn't happen. It's a, what does this, the statistics say? It was something like less than 10% less of the than 10%, yeah, yeah. is actually ever recycled. And it, it's like, a, you could probably just do more, just cut, you know, like what Kenton said, cut back on the amount of plastics you use, uh, lower, lower your plastic consumption uh, overall, because you know, it's just going to, it's, it's going to clog up landfills. It's going to add to that continent sized floating plastic garbage island in the Pacific. I just hope that, that people don't get the wrong message because recycling, the, the perception of it is, is the result of, of what this article says. It's basically a 40-year public relations campaign by the plastics industry. And it's like if you say, don't recycle plastic, people might just hear, oh, they hate, they, you know, multi-peer hates recycling. Why, why don't they like the environment? But it's, <laughs> it's not about that at all. No. It's just that plastic recycling is a scam or, or, or just a PR stunt. It just it's happened for so long that that term now – it is almost tainted, but people just, you hear recycling and you assume it means environmentally responsible. But if anything, this article is showing that that, that and it's meaningless. We're not saying don't recycle because uh, I mentioned before, and we talked about it before, this article says nothing about the uh, efficacy of uh, glass and paper recycling, but just that plastic recycling, it's, it's a non-factor. So just cut down on your plastics and, and you know, multi-pure, multi-pure systems is one really big way you could do that. You know, I'm glad you said something there, Joel. Speaking of footprint, uh, plastics footprint, I, uh, I ran some numbers. You guys ready for this? Right. numbers. Uh-huh. I, ran, I ran some numbers. So the average weight of a one half liter plastic bottle in plastic, there is 9.25 grams of plastic in that bottle. Okay. 500 liter bottle. Okay, you, cal- you calculate that out to 750 gallons, and we'll use 750 gallons because Multipeer's most popular model is our Aquaversa, which has a 750 gallon capacity. So for the purposes of comparison, we are going to use 5,678 of those bottles, right? <laughs> okay, so 5,678 bottles, each weighing 9.25 grams equals 52,500 grams of plastic. Okay, now... How much plastic do you think is in a single multi-pure CB6 filter? Now think about the construction. It has those blue end caps on the end, right? I mean, you know, listen, we are not guilt-free here. We've got, uh, we, we do have to use some plastic in the manufacture of our filters, but those plastic end caps in the wrap, the white wrap on the outside of it is also derived from plastic and say polypropylene. So the total weight of plastics used in one single cartridge of ours is... 250 grams. Okay. 250 grams of plastic in one CB6 filter that lasts 750 
gallons. So that's 250 grams of plastic in a single multipure filter compared to 52,500 <laughs> grams of plastic used in the same amount of bottled water. Okay, that's 210 times more plastic used for bottled water than is used for a multipure filter. So I think we're on the right team here, guys. Definitely. When you think about it too, that's for one year. Right. You know. Yeah. So when you look at your lifespan, that's an amazing difference it makes by being on the on team multipure, you know? <laughs> yeah. So listen, we encourage everybody to, uh, to, uh, research this yourself, but but definitely go listen to that NPR PBS story, How Big Oil Misled the Public into Believing Plastic Would Be Recycled. It's, it's a very eye-opening podcast or article, depending on which way you want to consume it. The bottom line is, is that the big oil or big oil companies kind of invented a marketing campaign to make everybody believe that plastic was highly recyclable when it is not. It's too expensive, it takes too much energy and too much effort, and it's way less expensive and way easier to just make new plastic. But they did it to make us feel better about using their product, okay? And so the bottom line here is uh, just cut down on the amount of plastic you're using and, and using a multi-pure filter is one of many ways that we can make a little bit of a lifestyle change and, and hopefully reduce our impact on the planet. So before we go, Joel, you also found some, some interesting information about kind of the future of recycling, or at least the perceived future of, of recycling. Uh, yeah, in that article, one of the uh, plastic industry executives kind of stresses that recycling won't be a problem in the in the near future because recycling is becoming more efficient and more economic, and that's the key to plastic recycling. But then right after that point, Another uh, industry, a retired plastic industry executive, and I, I can't, I can't recall if it was someone who worked on the engineering aspect of it as well. Mentioned that they said that in 1990 as well, and it's kind of their message has always been, but just wait, recycling is going to catch up. Recycling is going to get better. This is not a problem. It's going to get solved in the near future, and they just keep. It, it sounds like they're just kind of, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, they're they keep, recycling their message. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. good Appropriate, but still. <laughs> yes, they're just kind of trying to assuage people's people that have clued into the fact that recycling isn't really working. Uh, they're just kind of saying, "Oh yeah, but it will." Just wait a second. You know, wait, you know, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Have patience and keep buying bottled water. Right. <laughs> it's a, it's a big industry. You know, it's really a huge monstrous industry. And you know, it's just going to keep growing. I know at the end of the article, the close, it was saying that analysts expect plastic production to triple by 2050. So that's it, terrifying. It's terrifying. I mean, everywhere you look, everything is in plastic. So well, and I think that their incentive continues to grow to make more plastics because the oil industry, think about it, they're probably losing business because of uh, electric vehicles and because of uh, less reliance on fossil fuels for, uh, you know, for gasoline and for diesel and things like that. So their business model is going to have to change to incorporating more chemicals and more plastic. And so I, I think that we're going to continue to see this messaging of recycle, 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 because you can use more and more and more plastic and don't worry about, don't worry about recycling because we got it handled, right? What's even worse is is we mentioned in a in another podcast uh, the whole microplastics uh, 
the prevalence or the ubiquitousness of, of microplastics in everything. What is it? Uh, it was either 88% or 93% of all, uh, all waterways or all, all waters are, are contaminated with microplastic and how uh, virtually the entire population has some sort of microplastic contamination inside their bodies. And if plastic is going to triple in the next 30 years, I mean, just how much plastic will the human body actually consist of by that point? Wow, agile. Yeah, that's truly terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sorry I imagine I imagine we will uh, we will continue to see more news, more information, more data coming out uh, about that. Um, so, uh, any closing thoughts, Michelle? Nothing. I just I just think it's real important for people to be aware to really step back and and think about choices they make at the store or wherever they go and and look for an alternative. And same thing, instead of buying you know a case of plastic bottles of water get better quality water with a multi-peer, make a smart decision for your family and for your family's future. Sounds good. Joel? Uh, yeah, I think the, the main point for the average consumer is that the shift has to be away from buying plastic guilt-free and recycling it or using a recycling bin and more just reduce the amount of plastic you use in general because you know it's not going anywhere except for uh, the ocean or a landfill. So just cut down your plastics, purchase more responsibly and that is the best way to limit plastic consumption well there you have it ladies and gentlemen multipeer's response to the uh the article how big oil misled the public into believing plastic would be recycled bottom line use less so uh thank you very much for your time michelle priest director of marketing thank you for joining us on today's podcast joel polina our copywriter thank you also for joining us. So that's it. Make sure you check out our other podcasts on SoundCloud. And of course, uh, you can check us out at multipure.com. All of our social media is linked right there on the homepage. And I guess until next time, taste the difference with Multipure.